spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today is a beautiful day. Someday I'm going to say, and today sucks, but <laughs> but it hardly ever sucks. So today is another beautiful day. Yes, it is. Oh, it is you're not introduced yet. Yeah, He's giving me trouble already, ladies and gentlemen. Oh Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, behave yourself. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> All right, ouch. That's the kind of show it's going to be today. Just get ready. I'm calling protective services for adults. <laughs> My inner child is... All right, excuse fine. me while I gag him. All right, so before I tell you who we're going to be talking to, I want to remind you to stay to the very end of the show, where I will do stories from the road. I think the whole thing's going to be a story, actually. And today, I I think we have a very special, uh, okay, 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 it's the great guest giveaway. I've been doing a lot of my own great guest giveaways lately because I have so much great giveaway to guest or Guess to give away. Anyway, no, I have really good stuff to give away. And we just finished with Christmas here. And if you're not into Christmas, we finished with whatever you're into. Um, What's she saying? She has emotional swag. (laughs) Stop! I have to introduce you. How long long does it take to introduce you? It takes a couple more minutes. Just hang on. Just just hang on. This is the part of the show I claim for my own. Okay. Okay, Creative homesteader. Never figured in for one of those people. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'll pretend I'm you... a mime. I'm a mime. Okay, thank you. Oh, no. We have a mime for radio. This will be interesting. Okay, he won't be able to resist. Relax. So here's the thing. I've been being my own guest because I have product to give away. And, you know, it's important to get rid of it. But also because I think it'll make a difference in your lives. And I've been talking a lot about Fix It in Five and my book and that sort of thing. Well, today's guest is actually very special. And as I get to the great guest giveaway, you're going to see how it all ties together if he stops being a mime. So today's guest is a really dear, dear, dear friend. His name is Howard Meehan. He's one of the Meehan brothers. They made it into the semifinals of Last Comic Standing. But that is not his claim to fame. His claim to fame is much better and bigger than that. His claim to fame is how much I love him. Wow. Yeah. That's a big, that's good. Yeah, that is good. That's I am good. blessed to know this man. I've known him for years. And the way we began our knowledge of each other, Odyssey? not carnal. Odyssey? Odyssey is a good word. <laughs> is an interesting story that we're about to share with you. So I wanted to say hello, Howard, who's already introduced himself to the crowd by by you couldn't be quiet, Mr. Mime. Well, Lynette, you know, you're bubbling over here like champagne. I just got my, my, my hand underneath that cup that's you know just falling down. I'm just acknowledging that. Um, first of all, I've got my fingernails for the first time in 45 years from doing no biofeedback for four weeks. And that is amazing. 
Thank you for bringing that up right off the top. So he's talking about the fact that uh, I've been helping him with biofeedback for the brain or neurofeedback, or as Howard says it, because he can't seem to leave the two apart from each other, neurobiofeedback. They're like twin brothers or something. (laughs) Yes, we, okay, so Lynette, let's lead into this. Uh, I came here in, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, it was about 10 years. It was 2006 when I got the house, and it was just a few months after. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I came and found out from our friend, Carol, that you mm-hmm. might be renting a room, depending on the tenant. And so I came in, and you, I started renting a room here. Yeah, and I believe uh, you're <laughs> – I got the phone call, and I was like, hmm, well, I can't quite pay my mortgage, so yeah, I'll rent a room. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was uh, yeah. If but you don't I wouldn't mind, have I wouldn't have known that actually coming in. You were very uh, very up. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Wait, but I want to tell them. So you phone, and I'm like, okay, um, but I have to talk to you about my home. Do you right. remember that call? I do remember that call, and I do. I do actually. I remember the emotional of you have to. I need to talk to you about my home. What you didn't realize is the home I came from. However, the way you said it made me think maybe this might even be more challenging or different or some kind of, uh, anyways, yeah. All right. So I want you guys to picture this. We've got, you're trying to move into a room for rent so you can get yourself organized. You've never met the person and you get on the phone and they say, well, I have a man son who's extremely autistic and You know, he's allergic to a lot of different foods and he behaves in a very weird fashion. So you have to be comfortable and okay with that. And I just moved in. I don't have a lot of money. So you got to sleep on a mattress on the floor. So that was the phone call. I just wanted to meet the person behind the voice. I mean, like, you have this amazing voice. So I figured, okay, she's probably going to look like Jabba the Hutt or (laughs) whatever. Which is fine with me, by the way. I think all women are beautiful. But that was not the case. But still, we were, again, we're still... I was a, a true tenant and I showed up and, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like it was definitely, cause I came from, unfortunately I had been married for 22, not unfortunately being married, but I got divorced, which is a drag. And so I was used to actually had a home mm-hmm. and, and so I came here, but I have to tell you immediately, I did feel very welcome. That's nice. But how did you feel? Let's back it up a little and because, all right, let's, we're having fun. Yeah. Let's think about the audience. Yeah. A okay, I took the, the flak jacket off after like two days. <laughs> I had, no, no, I, I, I didn't tell you about that. I, you were saying, why do you wear a coat in the house? It's just, it was a flak jacket, not to get shivved. I didn't know what to expect. Okay. When you said autistic, I thought, I thought, at first you said artistic. I go, well, I'm an artist. I got there and you went, ah, oh, ah, oh, I forgot about the ah, oh, autistic, because I, I have a little bit of a, a, a hearing differential here. So, ah, oh, autistic. So, obviously I knew that, but when I got here, I knew nothing about autism. I'm going to try really hard, people, to get value for you. But if nothing else, you're going to laugh and enjoy okay. yourself. I'm having a good time. But Listen, I do want to be serious for a second. Okay. No. Be Can serious. we? Just be serious. More you give me one serious answer, and then you can give me a okay. joke. No, 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 ask, okay. Ask me the question. I'll answer the question. <laughs> okay. So when you first came and you met Dar, yes. how did you feel? Had you ever met someone like him before? Not in a living situation. You know, I've, I've seen, obviously, I've seen or saw autistic uh, children. And adults, and um, I actually did a play about a friend of mine who had cerebral palsy, which was way different than mm-hmm. autism. But uh, maybe it's not on a brain level, but it's definitely on a behavior level. So, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't freaked out. I was just heightened awareness because it was like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Okay, so here's, here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining the audience at home 
has probably, a good percentage of them, has probably stopped themselves from things like possibly renting a room or going somewhere, right? <laughs> right, right. Because of their autistic True. family member. Yes. So it was fun. So let's talk about it. And it's okay if it was also challenging because okay. I have a couple of memories I can bring up if you don't have okay. any. No, no. I Okay, right away I knew that the all bets were off pretty much on everything. However, I did sense uh, from, from Rye, although... With Rye at first, you Okay, could- he's talking about my other son, so let's, let's give you the background. We've got Rye, who was living here at the time. He now lives on his own, as does fine, works for AutoZone and everything. He was still really struggling to learn and had a lot of very quirky weirdnesses and some edginess to him. Um, not, not super smart, still having tics, and still um, perseverating quite a bit. So thinking about the same thing over and over again when he would get stuck in a rut. And we also had... Dar, who I still have living with me and who had a lot of difficulty with language and still has a lot of difficulty with language, but is now verbal. At that time, he was barely starting on the verbal, and really, I was the only one who could understand him. Now, every once in a while, other people understand him. And I think that gives yeah. you the background. Okay. No, no, absolutely. And so, with okay, with Rye, the situation for me and Rye, at first, when I'm talking to him, I didn't, you know, it was like everything, well, okay. But then sometimes he would just get stuck on something or be getting on a subject. And I do that too, but it's a little bit different, you know? And so you'd be, ta- I would be talking to him and then he would get into one thing and he would just stay there. And, you know, like, like I mean, like, 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 you know, so what that was, was he into them. Was it I numbers think, or he wasn't, in, he was actually into drawing cars. Oh, he still likes that. Yeah. <laughs> he and might he was, like that. Forever. I mean, obsessively drawing cars yeah. and, and, uh, but but that would be the lead into a conversation. Now I will right jump to a story. So uh, Lynette, for some crazy reason, thought I was a handyman. I can paint houses. I'm not. My brother won't even let me get near his power tools. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to interrupt you. It wasn't <laughs> that he wanted some help with neurobiofeedback, as he calls it. Yeah. He wanted some neurofeedback. What feedback. is it called if it's not neuro- neurofeedback? Neurofeedback or biofeedback for it's the not brain? Neurobiofeedback. No, but it's kind of fun to hear you okay. say it. So I shouldn't say that neurobiofeedback. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. It, it's it's totally cool. It's very Howard. Okay. So anyway, the point is, so we made an exchange. So that he's going to tell you a story that was a little later. That's how good of friends we became. And um, he's going to. So the point was, you wanted some help. You came back. You yeah. asked me for, and I said, well, my bathroom needs to be fixed. Right. Okay, now. Okay, okay. And I said, listen, you can't really fake concrete work if you talk. You know, like let me just say you can't. And Lynette said, don't worry about it. Just it's. Messed up, just do the best you can. So I said, fine. So me, Dar, and Rye uh, went on a – we tore up the bathroom because it was leaking and the bathtub was leaking and the shower was leaking. And so what we said, I go, Lynette, look, at this is not going to be pretty, but it will be relatively level and we can – I can definitely do some – this is what I can do. She said, fine. Lynette is like, miss, don't worry about it. You know, I've, absolutely. She just doesn't worry about little things. Apparently her bathroom was not a big thing. So we went, so, so me and Dar and Rye, I figured out what we need. First of all, we need a lot of concrete. We need a wheelbarrow. I don't think you had a wheelbarrow, did you? No, but we do now. We do now. <laughs> and so we went to Home Depot. Okay. Let me just tell you about the Home Depot trip. So me, Dar and Rye go to Home Depot. All I know is I turned around and Dar was no longer with me. <laughs> I definitely, I didn't panic, but I was sort of like, I don't want to like, Come home and say, Lynette, I lost Dar. So I did go quickly to look for him. Actually, I was panicking a bit. 
he was running down an aisle with an axe. It wasn't a dangerous thing. It was just people were definitely getting out of the way. And he was very <laughs> excited about, look, when I go to Home Depot, let me just tell you, when I go to stores, literally, uh-huh. food stores have gotten better since I've become more of a grown-up. Clothes stores, I will, I, I, I'm just like, I get, I get super, super like, get me out of here, but I need to like get clothes sometimes, right? Home Depot, I can go there and just like, I feel great. They're just, I don't know, it's punching your man card, something like that. Apparently, Dar picked up on this and his, cause he's a manly guy. He totally just like let that thing go. And people, a couple people were loving it, but some people were definitely concerned about a big dude running down, really enjoying himself with an axe running down the aisles. I brought Dar back and said, as far as I know, we don't need an axe to do concrete work. Maybe later for the trees. <laughs> so we did, we did go over to the, we did need to get a shovel. We did need to get a shovel. For for mixing the concrete. Right. And he might have thought that the axe was a shovel, in all fairness. He has I mean, visual distortions. There so. we go. <laughs> now we then we did get him a shovel and he did carry that. I did explain to him running really fast, like a running back, like you know, like Earl Campbell through Home Depot with a shovel could scare some people. He totally was cool, brought it down. And then Rye, of course, got on certain aisles I'd had to find him and he'd be really, really getting into one thing. Which I can relate to because Home Depot, you know, for girls too, but for guys really, it, it kind of like makes you feel like a dude. And so we were, I was finding myself being obsessed with Rye, like on this, uh, there was this paint thing, a paint uh, machine for sale. It was a pretty good price. And I realized we don't need a paint machine, but him and I were like for 15 minutes, like completely obsessed with it together. And then I had to go look for Dar again. So I'm going like, dude. And so Rye's looking at me like, dude, you're not supposed to be autistic. I go, look, I don't know what I am. However... I'm like as obsessed with this with, as you are. We didn't need it. We didn't get it. Do you want to tell them what you are so that they can follow uh, well, that you, you might have had a little edge yourself? Yeah, tell me what I am. Hold on. What am I? Well, you know, I, I disagree with what you I've been labeled bipolar, which I never really minded. It was good for my comedy act. I didn't really use it as much as I could. Um, manic depressive bipolar, whatever, uh, for since diagnosed at 17. Yeah. Okay. Good. So um, I don't mind the label, but I get what you're saying. Is people like to, I was explaining something to somebody very actually uh, two days ago because they're asking me about why are you right now? I might not be calm, but basically no, because we're playing around and we're yeah, having we're, fun. We're joking we're, around. We're sharing the, the right. stories and the fun. Yeah. Right. And I just explained that. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Is basically you have said it's very possible. I just had ADHD at a relatively young age, and then I just adjusted to that with different things in life, and it just kept getting layered and probably more complicated more yeah actually i think this is a good point to stop just riffing and and explain that because i think it applies to autism too you start out with whatever your initial issue is you know it doesn't matter whether it's like an adhd or a sensory integration issue or whatever it is you have sort of a a problem show up sure right and you get this problem that shows up and then you try to cope and as you try to cope then you make choices that are or are not good for you. Right. Right? So the person who is lucky and their environment reinforces all the right things could end up with a story like some of my kids and and end up off the spectrum, even though they were deeply on the spectrum of autism. When you autism. say off the spectrum, what do you mean? Off the spectrum of autism. So okay. it's like a categorization of how how challenged you are as far as in relation to autism, but in all things, there's a spectrum for bipolar. There's a spectrum for de- depression. Okay. It's sort of like the scale of 
uh, how much pain are you in? Ten for the worst pain you ever had in your entire life, and zero for I don't have any pain at all. Okay, yeah. Yeah, spectrums like that. How autistic are you? Ten for I'm so autistic I can't hear that question, and I never have and never will. Right. <laughs> and, and who are you? Oh, right, right, right. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And zero for what? Right. right. So yeah. So everything's kind of a spectrum, but but it's known and it's famous in the world of autism to call it a spectrum. So okay, and I I, I know what the term off the spectrum is, but I didn't mean in in relationship what you were speaking of. And now, well, just, you, now I yeah, know. just yeah. sort of like the so the environment and the choices in the environment, and the choices in your brain, and the choices in your family, and the 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 things that come along reinforce the positive uh, learning curves and healings that are necessary for you to no longer have that initial issue at any level that is dysfunctional. Okay. If the choices are maladaptive, which is more common, and I'll give you an example to make this easier to understand, but first let me finish the sentence. If the choices are maladaptive, you get more and more complex, more and more broken. Right. So let's say you start with something like ADHD, you can't focus, and your teacher hits you in the head with a book and says, smarten up and pay attention. <laughs> right. A lot of help there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So whatever happens to us decides what we then do inside of us. So what happens to us changes what happens inside of us. What happens inside of us changes how we are to others, which changes what happens to us, which I, right? So it's like this feedback loop. Well, let me let me ask you a question right here. I totally get what you're saying because I've experienced it forever. Uh, the thing is, is I think too, and I don't know if you buy this or not, but you, you create you create a false self to deal with life. Mm-hmm. I know I'm creaking a little bit here. Um, it's, it's his old bones. He sounds young and lively, but really you know, archaic, not. like dinosaur right. we're talking about here. There we go. There we go. Uh, so, but uh, hang on. I remember what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about false self. Okay. False self, true self. And the sense that's of, because I've done more neurobiofeedback than you. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, you know, okay. So false self is developing a survival personality to deal with things. Then you're rewarded in some ways. Like, that's why some comics are suicidal because they've actually learned how to do something and gotten the attention they think they want. I'm not, I'm really generalizing here, really generalizing or a performer or somebody getting attention for something they're doing, but it's actually not why they want it. They want the attention or the connection, but they're getting it in a way that they feel they're betraying themselves, whether they're aware of it or not. And so, and I don't want to put comedy in there. I just, anybody, anybody in any behavior, whatever. But while we're on comedy, he is one of the Mian brothers, and he was in the semifinals. <laughs> there we wait go. Wait a minute. Wait Did a minute. The, wait a minute. Wire? Yeah, you hit a wire. Hang on. Hit a wire. Okay, yeah. We're back now. That wire was actually inside of my head. I'm getting radio <laughs> waves through my cavity filling, and I jiggled my head, and that was the wire in my head. That one had to do quick biofeedback on me to get me back on track. Uh, okay, he's totally, he's totally not telling you okay. the truth. All right. So, Stop talking for a second. I want to make this about autism for okay. one second, and then we're going to go. I'm going to ask you questions, and you're going to answer. Just dang we'll get, it. give me close-ended <laughs> questions. You're asking an Irish guy open-ended questions. Come okay, on. okay, okay. I'm going to, but first, I want to make a point off of your point, All right. and then I'm going to do commercial break, and then <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. It's really hard for you because you're not a control freak. You have to like kind of be in control <laughs> right now. I mean. You're not a control Okay, for- all right. My hand is over his mouth. Oh, yeah, so the point he yeah. was making about the false self applies in autism, actually. So let's think about that for a second because I really loved his point. So you have a child who wants attention, but when they get attention, 
And this is true at different levels for everybody. But let's say you have an autistic child. They just started to crave attention. But when you look in their eyes, it feels uncomfortable to them. So here, on the one hand, they're craving your love and connection. On the other hand, you're doing it in a way that hurts them. So they're getting what they want and finding out they don't want it and being left in a state of confusion, and so are you. And that's how you evolve a false self and end up with a diagnosis that maybe could have evolved differently had things gone differently. And a quick hint on that would be if you saw that your child felt that way just from eye contact, for example, my one son, Dar, preferred for a long time for us to hug him from behind so that your arms went around his belly, not his chest, which was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so your face wasn't in his face. And then eventually he liked it the other way, et cetera, et cetera. So you just take it as a cue, not as a rejection. It's, it's uh, a great point you made. Well, I, well, I love uh, that you brought see, that's that up. a huge, thanks. That's a huge, huge dynamic. If you think about it, I mean, that's something probably really normal for you because you are absolutely embedded in this thing and been involved in it so long. But if you think about it, that you crave connection, attention, intimacy, Right? Right. I mean, which is a good thing. But actually, the way you're getting it is painful. Yeah, and that really does apply in lots of places, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to make the connection from that to, I guess that really does run parallel with other behavior. Oh, in, in a sense, in a sense. Well, I don't okay, want to let's, go, it. let's go to your comedy example. So you have this person who thinks they want all this attention, so they take this. On stage. or off stage. Yeah, okay, so yeah. They, they love that moment when they're in control and everyone's laughing and, get, and focused on them, but they hate the moment just after. Let's use that as an example. Right. It could be anything, but I'm going to use that as an example. So now they're stuck in this horrible loop where they have to step forward and get the attention, and the moment they get the attention, they know they're about to have a terrible moment, which is the one that follows when the attention stops. So now you have this person who is constantly trying to be the clown or or the attention getter because they're afraid of the moment of the discomfort of when the attention stops. You just like blew my mind. Okay, so hang on a second. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Okay, but here's something. Here's something interesting. I don't know if this this, uh, has to do with what we're talking about. but So I bombed well over 100 times doing solo comedy to a painful, like, hecklers wouldn't heckle me type death. Worked on it, got used to it, more on stage, more on stage, more on stage. Then I started performing with my brother's. And what happened was, um, pretty quickly we were doing really well for a lot of different reasons. One of them, it doesn't get any matter. So we were starting to have these fair, for me, like good to sometimes great sets. And then we did wrote two theater shows we toured with. Mm-hmm. For me personally, Mike and Chris loved af- afterwards to hang out with people. And if, you know, you do a show, people want to come say hi to you. Yeah. I would literally go hide. Me too. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Oh my it's goodness. Never... Okay, great story. Okay, so why? <laughs> I, I, okay, tell me the story, and I want to know okay, why. Great story. I am so um, not aware of how it's supposed to really be done, but I just jump in and do stuff. Right. So I'm in. I've been hired to come out and be in this movie, and we're going to do this show. It's in Calgary, and it's like my home haunting grounds. And he's so excited, and he has like a media right. wall, and I'm supposed to go and get my picture taken in front, and I'm hiding. Like I'm hiding in a closet because <laughs> you were uh, I've done the same thing you hid and you're not joking around right no, you were hiding in a yeah. closet some people like, go ooh she I'm didn't like, come out of the closet who no. wants to take pictures in front of that ugly wall what's that about I didn't even know what a media wall was I thought really? he made it up oh my goodness they should have come in the closet and taken pictures with you see that would have been funny but I get what you're saying okay so Lynette 
with you. Have a good set. You've affected people. You've connected with people. And you've made them feel different things, which is an amazing, cool gift. And it really is a gift is giving. And it's that incredible blessing connection when it happens, which is amazing. So you experienced this, and then you went into a closet because why? It was actually, to tell you the truth, that I was in the closet before the show. They had the pictures before, so it doesn't really fit. But I can tell you that I do. You were in the closet. Hang on. Let's back up for a minute. Sorry. Um, you were in the closet before the show. Yeah, because I thought I should be. I thought I should be hiding from the audience so they don't see me in advance of the show. Okay, and I, I didn't understand okay. the media wall. Okay. Okay? Okay. But wait, you, I know you're dying to say something, but I want to. Conf- let, I don't want to leave them in confusion. I'm going to let so, it pass. Okay, I, I think they're pretty confused already. All right, so okay. I'm going to unconfuse them. Okay, and give a real example. So, I mean, that was real, but it didn't really fit. So, I the reason that I often wanted to hide or get away, it's is because. Well, if you had a bad set, nobody wants to look in your eyes. That's uncomfortable. Right. If you had a good set, they have a different expectation of who you are, what you are based on what they saw, or they're meeting you with their wants and their needs really out loud. Do you know what I mean? Like that desperation of wanting to connect. And I don't know what to do with that. Um, And so that takes a lot of learning and sophistication and experience. And the better you get at it, um, the easier it is, but it doesn't mean you want it. Okay, this, what you just said is deep, and, and it's such an amazing thing. Now, this is not, this is a third option, which is not what you just addressed, but I'm going to come back to what you just said. David Mamet says something really interesting, the playwright and, and writer, an incredible writer, uh, movies and TV, really play, he's a playwright. But he said something to an actor, um, someone came back and started just complimenting, like, my goodness, the show just, they were gushing. It really affected them emotionally. And the actor, and this is not what you're talking about, but the actor said, oh, I didn't do well. And he brought up all the things he didn't do right. And, uh, and man, pulled him aside because he was at the show. It was, a, and he goes, never do that to somebody. He goes, how dare you take away their experience of what they just experienced? You deal with it. You are not talking about that right now. I realize that. Right. I do know what you're saying. That was more self-absorbed. Uh, thing that's no. not what you're experiencing. No, that's not what I. That's understand. what I'm hearing you saying. Yeah. You're talking about, but you brought up something, and I got to finish here. Is this wants and desires? So what happens is possibly is you're so in tuned, and you're probably knowing you did left nothing for the swim back and gave everything you had, and then if you sense people's wants, needs, or desires, it probably what to you. Well, nowadays it wouldn't do anything. I'm very comfortable, but it doesn't mean that it's what I want. It's not the relationship I necessarily want. I don't really want to create deep, sophisticated relationships by initially meeting them from a show or in a bar. That would or make in a, them a stalker. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, or um, possibly stalker. Right. Well, it's just that you have a lot to overcome. You're meeting somebody where they bought your shtick as, and, and I tell the truth on stage, but I tell it for funny. And it's heightened reality. Right. <clears throat> so they, if they bought that as true, as truly who you are, you'd have to overcome that and getting to know them. So it actually sets you up for a really big challenge. And, you know, I don't really want to meet people in that way. So after a show, I don't want to go out there and say, oh, here, let me undo everything I just did so that we can meet in a real way. Boy, that's really, that is a trip because um, for you, okay, you have a show, you affect people, which is a gift, and you're giving it. And and also there's that collective uh, connection with an audience, a live performance, there's no net, and I totally get what you're saying because 
are, okay, let me see what I think what you're saying is. You almost don't want to tamper with their experience of what just happened. It's not that you're trying to go, oh, I'm a fake or a phony or anything like that, but more of just not tampering with the experience with them to be able to leave with it. Well, there's that, and, and there's also the fact that if somebody's attracted to me and wants to get to know me in a very real way, I don't want it to be because they saw only one side of me, which is what happens when you go up on stage. You give right. you give a certain piece. Well, you could always go right. out afterwards and do like you usually do a skeet shooting outside your you know outside of your boat <laughs> car. Um, I mean, is- actually, I did fix this problem. Uh, what I do is I show fix it in five. Usually I show a couple of clips of right. the bigger piece of me, uh, the more real me. Yeah. And so now they've seen the comedian me and they've seen the me that's sort of, a, you know, altruistic and, and sure. trying to make a difference in the world. And so now they have a bigger knowledge of who I am and it is a lot more comfortable. But we are bringing mm-hmm. up something that fits with autism. Okay. And even what you said, and then I have to go to commercial. What you said when you said about, you know, don't deny that person's experience. And I know that you weren't saying that. No, but it's a really good point that I'd like to bring up for parents and for teachers and educators is, and it's huge actually, when you meet somebody who has a unique idea of reality and they tell you their unique idea of reality, if you just say your unique idea of reality is false, You've just taken the rug and pulled it out from under them, and you're not replacing it with anything they want. Telling them what's wrong with their reality just leaves them in an empty space, like a vacuum. And yeah. and life doesn't live in a vacuum. So <clears throat> if you want to help somebody, you can say, you know, I've never seen kangaroos on the moon. But it is possible that there are kangaroos on the moon, why don't we tell a story about a kangaroo that landed on the moon because he was in a spaceship? And while you're doing that, you end up with a true connection. And at some point, you get this lovely moment, like I did with my son, Rye, who said, we were at uh, McDonald's, and I've, I've written an article on this. He looked at me, and we were talking. He said, do you remember how I used to think, you know, that people would forgive you a million times, and they would just give you money because you think you want it and stuff. And I said, yeah. And he said, I think I used to be reality retarded. That's hilarious. It's a great statement. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Hang in there. We are actually doing stories from the road together because we just can't help having fun here. And uh, the great guest giveaway is a part of the story that is coming up. So I am talking to Howard Meehan, and Howard Meehan is one of the Meehan brothers. He's a great artist, performer, and handyman, as you have heard. Superpower tools and any kind of construction. (laughs) And and that's such a great babysitter, apparently. So he moved into my house. Um, I was just... just bought the house. The market crashed. I needed the rumor, uh, as in the money that the no, did we the go to commercial break it or we come back? Right. That was it. That was okay. it. I'll okay. throw it. I'm not even gonna. That's our commercial. Okay. I, the commercial is. This is what you're listening to. Okay. Um, okay. So it's a commercial for this. So, <laughs> so he moved in and he met Dar and he met Ryan and, and life's different and um, and I work on the road. Yes, you do. Right. So. It was interesting. I remember saying, you know, Dar shouldn't have gluten, Dar shouldn't have this, Dar shouldn't have that, and hide the creamer and this sort of thing. 
And I remember coming back from, I'd been away. He's laughing already. So you remember the story? And Jake, my son came down. He was like 16 and stayed with us for a short time. Right, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of us. And um, I come back from having worked away for uh, probably about five days. And, uh, and Howard's all concerned because of some creamer incident. So do tell the creamer incident. Well, you know, you I, I'll, I'll, I'll work my way to that. I just, one thing he definitely, I, you know what? I don't actually remember. I remember the pool table incident. All right, tell the pool. Uh, all right, I'll tell the creamer incident. All, my knowledge of the creamer incident is I walk in and Howard just goes, uh, 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 is creamer poison because I hit it up here? And <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. But I mean, the thing is, is like, yeah. Okay, shooting pool with Dar. Shooting pool with Dar. Uh, you had a pool table, which has been fantastic. Now, my son Jacob, when he stayed here for a short time, he was 16 and a half, maybe 17. He actually was really good with Dar. Dar would not move the balls around when he played with him. He actually made him play the right way. Okay. The, the way, but when I shot pooled him, he definitely had his own way of shooting pool. Like, in other words, like, I was trying to definitely have a game and he would pretty much, no. It's not, <laughs> he would, we would be, it would be a very interesting way to shoot pool and it was pretty much his rules. And it was very logical to him. So after I gave up my plan of shooting pool the way I usually shoot pool, and I actually tried to get into his world of shooting pool, somehow it started making sense. Now, sometimes the pool balls ended up in different parts of the house. They were like, you know, Easter eggs, <laughs> hiding Easter eggs. They were always found afterwards. Sometimes they were in the cupboard. Sometimes there was a bunch in one pocket, none in the other. And sometimes in the middle of a shot, he would just somehow explain that it totally made sense to the way he was shooting pool. So I, it's hard to explain. It just... It doesn't matter. I think you explained it really well. Yeah. I think that whole not sure exactly what we're doing, but when I let go of the rules, I can yeah. have fun. It's rather like this show today. Um, you can just sort of be with somebody. Well, you mentioned something. I agree with you, Lynette. Uh, something you said earlier, actually, you mentioned something about um, philosophically what I got from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is taking something uh, – oh, kangaroos on the moon. So either with yourself or with another person, autistic or not, bipolar or not, by meeting yourself in the mood that you're in or the space that you're in or meeting somebody else. And instead of making some big judgment or trying to correct it or trying to go, no, there's no kangaroos on the moon. It's like, well, it'd be a great children's book or, you know, the things that come out of it. Instead of doing that, taking it where it is, accepting it where it is. And then if you want to go somewhere else with it or, or then you're then able to go somewhere else with it. That's something I've learned from you actually with this thing I'm doing with myself is let's say I'm down about something or I'm in a different space. Instead of trying to fight it, really accepting it, and then going, okay, this is – it's kind of the you are here dot, right? I'm here right now. Where do I want to go? But instead of trying to force it, just really absorbing and accepting that's where I am right now, and then go, okay, well, where do we want to go? Well, a beautiful thing, um, how this conversation started when I started teaching you about that, is we were talking about music therapy and that – you know, when you want to do music therapy for somebody who's having an emotional issue with, say, depression, for example, you don't come in and say, well, here, let me throw on some really happy music because they'll want to pick up the radio and throw it across the room and smash it. Right. It's going to grate against their mood. But if they're in a really kind of down place, and this always makes me think of teenage girls who are sitting there going, oh, I love them so much and listening to sad right. songs over and over again so they can cry. But the, the thing is you don't want to just stay there 
in the sad songs and crying, you want the intention to be, I'm going to move from the sad song and crying to the not quite a sad song to the, you know, I'm belting about how I will survive song to the, uh, you know, the happy song. Right. So in order to help somebody go from any, from A to B, you always have to go over and get their hand. Yeah. Well, I love, I love that expression because Lynn, I've been using it with myself and uh, that sounds kind of weird, but um, (laughs) I have not been. I have beat. I have not been. Um, anyways, it's just uh, a whole emo- We don't need to know. TMI. Uh, listen, hey, so it's emotionally learning how to hold your own hand, which sounds kind of weird, but it actually totally works because it's like, oh, this is where I'm at. I'm in, I accept where I'm at. But accepting where I'm at is, let's say I'm getting like depressed. It's like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Instead of fighting that, but then not wallowing it. Right. And then going, okay, where do we want to go? Right. But I wasn't able to do that before right. because of biochemicals. Biochemicals, but also belief systems. You know, probably nobody yeah. really explained how to do it, how to step out. And this is a great piece of information for parents who are sitting there depressed or overwhelmed by the fact that their kids have autism or the school's giving them a hard time or whatever, whatever your issue is. Or looking at the autism and saying, how do I help it? It's just, I can't figure it out. You just start. You pick one thing. <laughs> Uh, the overwhelming thing, whether it's your mood, which is sadness because you're depressed, or your child's perseveration, yeah. and you go there. What do you say perseveration? Perseveration means to do the same thing over and over and over okay. and over again. So it could be like moving your finger in front of your eye, and it could be thinking about cars all the time, like Rye. Okay. So um, when you know you just focus on the thing, and you go where it is, uh, like the kangaroo in the moon, and you just start to shape it and add your world to their world, and before you know it, you have a new world. Well, you know what's so cool about Dallinette is also if you think about really two two thoughts. One, my first thought is that there's so think about the education system, and I'm using kind of a like again a general a brush brushstroke here. There's so much we could learn, so much I've learned. If we look at something that seems like it's off or it's wrong, which is a stupid way to look at it, but basically it's like, okay, let's just say autism or bipolar or whatever, something in, the, in that mm-hmm. ballpark and going, instead of going, well, we need to make them like us or get rid of them or fix them or whatever. If by really looking at it, I actually think it can have, it has and can have a huge effect on the way we're doing things, which sometimes doesn't work and we just keep doing them. Um, just even in the education system. But that's a bigger picture. Bigger, yeah, and in yeah. politics and everything. Yeah. The, the yeah. fact is the problems we have in micro, we have in macro. Right, and we don't need to deal with that. No, we don't because we are getting too close to the end of the show. All right, so well, we are ready downer, for... Hey, let me hold my own hand and let's get <laughs> out of this space because I don't care about the macro. Sorry. And you don't either, by the way. It's the pebble in your own shoe. It's the Depakote in your pocket. That's all I'm saying. And obviously, he's bipolar. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. And it's time for the great guest giveaway. And I am today's great guest giveaway, but so is Howard. Because here's the thing. Today's giveaway is already free. All you have to do is go to YouTube and type in Living with Lynette. Now, I want you to put Living with Lynette Autism Bipolar. Because if you don't, you'll get... Gay people in Winnipeg doing uh, some kind of skit thing. So are you, are you in that too, though? Right? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not. not? Really? I, which is really funny because I grew up outside of Winnipeg, and I titled my show "Living with Lynette." Oh wow! And I put it in YouTube, and apparently there's another "Living with Lynette," and it's it's sketch comedy with gay people well, that I are did. dressed as in drag. So it's really funny. I'm actually going to check that out as well. But so what you're saying though is "Living with Lynette" on YouTube, "Living with Lynette." Autism 
bipolar. Yeah, if you put those words in, you'll you'll get the right one. Or just go to my channel, my channel, and you you can watch. What it. is your channel, Lynette Louise? What is your channel? Come on, just go to the YouTube channel for Lynette Louise. You'll find it. Um, here's the thing. Here's okay. the thing. Okay. The reason that you are our, so trying to be serious, like it's not working. I have to because we're almost at the end of the show. Okay, go. Right. Here's sorry. the thing. Okay, so the reason Lynette, Living with Lynette is the giveaway is because Howard was in Living with Lynette and inspired Living with Lynette and made me realize I had to make Living with Lynette. So while he was here... I was living with Lynette. Right. We and, were all living with Lynette. Right. There was and, a lot of us living with Lynette. And people are always wanting to live with me, and he found that hilarious. And one day, I think it would, might have been after the Kramer incident, he sat me down on the couch and said, you've got to listen to me. You have to make this a show. <laughs> oh, I was, I, listen, when you're living in a show, let me tell you something. I know when I'm in a show, okay? And I know when it's in my own mind and when it's in reality. I was living, I couldn't have written this at all. I could not write this show. I was living in a show and I was just like waiting for the next thing to happen. So that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So you inspired it. It was really neat. It cool. took me a long time. And it turned into a, um, a beautiful, wonderful journey. So since we usually do stories from the road now, I'm going to keep Howard with me. It's usually something I do by myself. But um, I just want to share something a little bit touching for a second. So I did write it, and I did try to find a way to make it. And I was sort of pushing it off and pushing it off. And then I had someone who wanted to direct, and we are kind of casting it. And in the meantime, uh, my best friend, ex-husband, you know, sometimes... Husbands are better as exes. And uh, we were dear, dear friends, and he was dying of cancer. I remember that. Yeah. And so I started to think about this show, and it, and I had written him into it, and I'd been trying to cast him. And I thought, he's a lovely man, but he's leaving no legacy for his kids. He had, you know, done well and then fallen apart. And so yeah. he didn't have any it was money. Obviously really loved you a lot. And, and all his kids and, and grandkids. Yeah. And, and so he, he had not had a good ending in his life as far as he didn't, you know, accrue a lot of wealth. He didn't have anything to leave actually. And he really did want to, a guy always wants to do that. Yeah. That cares. Yeah. And so, and also for, for my children, I wanted them, I know from losing, you know, my brother is dead, my father is dead, my I, <laughs> three of my four, five husbands are dead. That's a whole other show. <laughs> another show. Another show. Um, I know from losing people in my life that if you watch them die of something like cancer, it often steals from you the healthy person. And so you remember who they were in those last weeks, and that isn't who you really had, right. you know? And right. so I thought, how can I do something about that? And it occurred to me that if I shot this film that, um, and cast him as himself, right. that that could be the legacy. And so that's kind of the beautiful thing about this. You inspired me to create something out of the, the funniness of us wow. and the interest of us, but the humanness of us. Is oh, what made me do it. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank man. Whew. Yeah. And he literally played himself and we had to keep stop. You remember we'd we'd stop and we'd have to go change his bandages. You can even Oh yeah. You can even see the tumor on his back in a lot of the shots. I couldn't do and anything. You wouldn't about have known it. it talking to him? No. Like the guy just never complained. No. And six weeks later he was dead. Wow, man. 
He he was a lovely man, and um, I have great intentions for this show. I want to create a series where we do a lottery and people with special needs get to live with me a different one each episode, and um, that becomes their legacy uh, so that they have something to... It's sort of like make a Death Wish Foundation. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's the wrong thing to say. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant it like. uh, I'm sorry. No, they don't need to be dying or anything. I I didn't know. I meant it. I meant it more like like. You're just trying to lighten it up, and you did it with. I did a really, really bad job. We forgive you. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) I uh, I just wanted you to know that I have great intentions for this, but what I really want from you today and, and for you today is for you to go and watch this. And when you watch this, I want you to know that that's a beautiful man. And that he was in intense pain. And and you would not have known it. And you would not have known it. And it was really beautiful. Um, so now I'm going to give Howard a chance to say his last words and we're going to say goodbye. Well, I, just a profuse apology for that stupid statement because I, I was thinking actually kind of an oblique way of saying something else and it came out the wrong way. So sorry about that. Uh, again, just good coming over and hanging out with you and Dar. What's, what? Uh, oh, and that's all right. So what's the best thing about... All your experience with Dara Rye, what's what's the best thing you got from that? that you I learned to freaking celebrate life on a different level. Oh my gosh, don't say another word. That was perfect. Thank you for being here because without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves, which as you can tell, we would really enjoy. Um, and this is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad, and I've been talking with Howard Meehan. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Can't hear you